Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Hi, and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. Welcome to season number nine of the e-commerce podcast. Can you believe we're on season nine already? It is incredible. If you are a long-time listener to the show, a huge thank you for supporting us throughout the last nine seasons. And if you are a new listener, welcome. Welcome to season number nine. Things, as they say, are going to get better. Yes, I think there's a song about that. Uh, all of this week's notes and links can be found at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 90. Now, in the future, you'll be able to take a selfie and get paid for it. Did you know that? Well, okay. You know, we know the world changes fast, but maybe not that fast that we are actually getting paid to take selfies. But it is always fun, isn't it, to think about what could happen in the future. So in today's show, we'll be talking about what e-commerce might look like in 2022. Does that sound exciting? Don't go anywhere. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day -day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Thanks for joining us on the e-commerce podcast. It is great that you are here. Now, whether you are uh, just starting out, whether you're new to this whole e-commerce thing, or whether like me, you've been around since Noah, uh, and have been around a little while, the goal of this show is simply to help you. Regardless of what stage of your e-commerce journey you're at, let me tell you, I've been around e-commerce for a long old time, and I learn stuff every time we talk to our amazing guests. Yes, we do, because that's how we do this show. Every week, uh, we mix great show sponsors with phenomenal guests who are experts in their own field with their own stories and insights with principles that can help us uh, start, adapt, and grow online. And today is no exception right here, season number nine. To kick us off, we have a fab conversation with Kenny Gray, uh, who is the founder of Great Media. Now, great spelt G-R-A-Y-T because it's a play on his surname. Took me a little while to figure that out. I'm not the sharpest tool in the book. <laughs> sharpest tool in the box when it comes to things like that. But I did finally figure it out. Now, Kenny is a digital marketing guru who has successfully scaled multiple e-commerce brands uh, to consecutive six and seven figure months. Yes, he has. Now, he provides holistic perspectives and solutions that break through the digital space. His ability to anticipate changes in the market 
analyze the backend user experience and ensure the strategic vision is executed on all front impeccably makes him a valuable asset to any business. Now, Kenny and his team are passionate about helping businesses find their one-of-a-kind message, and today you will see that. Oh, yes, you're going to pick that up in spades, let me tell you. He is here today to provide some insights on how to create search and social ad strategies that boost awareness and drive conversions. Kenny's ability to be able to utilize Facebook and other social media channels, because there are more out there, aren't there, uh, has been proven to scale e-commerce businesses and Shopify stores alike. So, great way to kick off season nine. Here we go. First episode of the new season. Here is my conversation with Kenny Gray. So with us today is Kenny Gray, founder of Gray Tea Media. Uh, have I pronounced that right? Great T Media? So it's actually a play on words. It's going to be Great Media. Uh, so last, my last name's uh, Gray. Uh, it was a quick decision. We added a T. It, it's a play on words. Uh, I am learning that a few people have to figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and Kenny, I'm one of them because I'm, we're a little bit slow uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Great Media. Okay, I see what you've done there. I think it's probably just the way it's written in my notes, to be fair. Uh, so you and your team, it says here, are passionate about helping businesses find their one of a kind message. Uh, we're going to today talk, uh, you're hopefully going to provide us with some insights, no pressure. You might want to make a list of the things that we're expecting. Uh, provide some insights on how to create unique creative strategies that produce effective results to help scale revenues, uh, build brand awareness and enhance the user experience whilst getting all of that whilst getting the highest return on investment. That is no small It's order. a mouthful, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, Facebook. We're going to talk about social media. We're going to talk about e-commerce, all that good stuff. Kenny, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me all the way from sunny Orlando, Florida. Thanks how, for having how me. How are we doing today? You know what? It is sunny, but we are in the 30s today, so it's not as, uh, you know, sunshine and warm as it normally is. I know that's different for <laughs> no. everyone else, but <laughs> still a little cold yeah. for us. Okay, now help me out here because I live in a country that talks in centigrade, not Fahrenheit. So what's, what's 30 degrees Fahrenheit? Is that 32 is freezing, right? Uh, yeah, it's pretty cold. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, okay. it's getting, uh, you know, if maybe if we were a little more north, it, it, there's potential to snow, but yeah, we got enough sunlight and everything here. It's very unlikely it's going to happen in Florida. Maybe if you were to go a little north to Georgia, I know a lot of people are getting snow right now, but it's chilly. We're, you know, it's all right there about to be a freeze. We've got to cover some plants, <laughs> run some oh, wow. water. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, you have my sympathies. The same temperature here, if I'm honest with you, it's just about freezing today. Um, but, uh, we, we just don't have the sunshine. We have the gray. So, you know, nah, uh, well, we've got, yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. I can imagine. And are you, are you sort of, um, uh, what's the word from someone who's from Orlando? Or, uh, is there a special name Orlandanian Orland? Uh, I don't know. I'm yeah. I don't think it's be, it would be, you know, city centric. Uh, I would say I'm a Floridian. So, okay. Uh, we kind of just have you, have you, it all with the state. Okay. It's a Floridian. Okay. Because in Liverpool, where I am at the moment, the phrase is scouser. Are you a scouser? Which is what you would call someone local. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. No, we don't have any fun terms yet. 
Uh, you need to make one up. That should I know. Tall order. Uh, For us, it's you, usually um, just uh, like Florida Man or something like that, which is uh, <laughs> it's not always the best uh, light in the media. So, yeah, I, we can definitely create something much more interesting. I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, that's not the purpose of this podcast. The reason I was are you are you born and bred Florida? Are you an import? What's your story? Uh, so I have a lot of family up in New York, New Jersey. I was originally born in upstate New Jersey, uh, and we moved down to Florida when I was like a year old. So I pretty much grew up in central Florida. Um, originally Ocala, which is horse capital of the world. Very big deal. <laughs> really meaning there's just a sure. bunch of... I'll take your word for yeah, it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, you know, it's beautiful out there, just a little bit more slow than most cities. Um, mm. And then, yeah, I've been in Orlando for about 10 years or so now. Wow. Okay. And so I have to be honest with you, my default Orlando is Disney World, right? Uh, That's it just... is to everyone. And in that, yeah, is, yeah. it's not even Orlando. That's like Kissimmee. It's a little more south of where you would consider Orlando city limits. Or mm-hmm. uh, It's just one of those places where you got so many different neighborhoods. It's really spread out. So mm-hmm. yeah, Disney's probably 30, 40 minutes away. We're not big park people. We don't really tend to go over there. It's a, a lot of tourists, a lot of crazy minivans driving on the highway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fun every once in a while, but man, the prices over there have just gotten crazy. So even then, it's like, unless we're getting some free tickets, it's like, we can wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we can wait. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it just, I mean, it's that was the last time I was in, in Orlando, actually. We went to Disney World and Universal. So that was, I guess, about 10 years ago. It is really um, fun every once in a while, too, especially if you have a family. And, and if you have, you've never been, uh, I mean, it's beautiful. They do a really good job, just even down to the landscaping, walking around. It's so manicured over there. Oh, it's um, unbelievable. It is yeah, very magical. I'll give everyone yeah, that. Is. Yeah, and they, they, like you say, they they do a good job. Unbelievable, especially for younger kids. Oh yeah. Um, so you're, I mean, obviously you're not involved with Disney, you're, but you are in Orlando, and mm-hmm. you run uh, great media, not great tea media, but great media. Right. Um, <laughs> and how long have you been doing that? Uh, so great media has been around for about a year and a half now. Um, okay. So long story short, I'll try and keep it brief. I. Uh, I kind of got into the digital space with NBC Sports at the Golf Channel, uh, learned a few things there, uh, then got a job with a smaller agency where I started media buying, then I started doing email, SMS, building out websites. Basically, uh, I just wanted to learn more and more, take on more of the projects. Eventually, I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to break off and do some freelancing. Uh, you know, I made a couple connections, had some referrals. Uh, it let me branch out, gave me a little freedom. Uh, and then, you know, business was good. Things just kept rolling in. Uh, and eventually, you know, um, I'm sure anyone in the digital space can relate where uh, you get to a point where you have to be in the business every single day. Uh, you're watching all the numbers. So now I'm just like, all right, this is like impossible to, you know, live a life. Mm-hmm. So let's start building a team. So now I'm training my, my own media buyers. We got copywriters working with other teams for, you know, creative, um, you know, partnerships with other agencies, basically trying to diversify and not just have me as the sole only uh, button clicker. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, a little more of a boutique agency right now, but we're growing little by little and we're mm-hmm. landing some great contracts and I'm just excited for everyone on my team to kind of see the growth. Mm. And it's, it's, in, it's interesting you talk about that as a journey, you know, and I, I see this a lot where um, you start out doing something over here, you then go uh, freelance or self-employed or, um, you start out on your own little venture and it starts to work. It starts to get, get successful. And actually you then start to, to build out. And I've always found my history 
uh, in my e-commerce businesses. Some of the best agencies to employ are actually the freelancers who are just at that point where they maybe need to start hiring people. Oh, yeah. Um, because they've proven they can do it. They're enjoying some success, but their prices, prices aren't crazy. Uh, uh, that's what I was about to say. I was like, I think a few got, yeah. few people got in with me at a value buy. And now it's like, mm. we have to revisit it. And I'm just looking at all the numbers and I'm like, man, I seriously, you know, undervalued what I was providing for that brand. Mm. Uh, but no, you're right. And then it's also based off of work. So sometimes you're like, I'll take that fee because, you know, I have a system down for this one and we only work on it like one day a week and it's performing, you know, really well. So that's a tough one to figure out and to get your pricing right too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is this is the freelancer's dilemma, isn't it? How much do I charge? I must have about one phone call a week from somebody freelancing, going, "How do I know what to charge, Matt?" Uh, and it's just it's a really interesting problem. Um, but it's great. I mean, the business is going. It's great. You're you're obviously involved in media, doing something right to have to employ people. And you know, you for me, the test when again, whenever you come to an agency, one of the tests is you know how many. What's your team like? Where where are you on this curve? What's the pricing like? But how many customers do you have that have sort of that have stayed with you? For that, that for me is one of the big key tests of an agency. Getting customers is one thing. Getting customers oh, yeah. to stay with you is something entirely different, right? Um, and so, repeat customer always a good thing uh, when you, when you're when you're looking at agency. Uh, that said, this is not a podcast on how to run an agency. The, but if you run an e-commerce business, there's some things to definitely look at when choosing. An agency to work with because you will be you will be working with agencies uh running an e-commerce business i have no doubt that said right now one of the things that you mentioned uh or alluded to when you were self-employed and it was just you you were the guy checking the numbers all the time and this is one of those things when it comes to like facebook and social media ads and google ads and all that sort of stuff i've heard people mention this a couple of times and it's probably worth digging into a little bit it is, is it worth saying, Kenny, right here at the start, that when you come to do these kind of ads, when you kind of, if you're doing it yourself, which a lot of people do if they're starting out, it's not a case of you can set it and leave it. Um, I heard you talk about constantly monitoring the numbers. Is that, is, is that like one of the key, what's the word I'm looking for? One of the key principles, uh, if you're going to run your own ad campaigns, is you've got to get your head around the fact you're going to have to watch it on a regular basis. Uh, you know what? That's a, a really tough point. And there's a few principles, especially when it comes to media buying and you're doing paid advertising. Um, you definitely want to know your numbers and you want to really know how to interpret those numbers. So reading the data is huge. That's a big thing that, you know, my mentors at the Golf Channel helped me out with because we did a lot of reporting and basically, you know, what's your source, your medium, what do the numbers tell you, you know, all the way from impressions to your click through rate to your CPM, like how much are you paying for traffic? Because you know, at the end of the day, it is a traffic game. You know, you built a store, you need to get people there. You got to make sure you're getting the right people into your store. So um, those little metrics and being able to read those are going to be huge. Uh, and then anybody who knows anything about media buying, they're going to say, you know, you want those people who are managing in your business and spending those thousands of dollars to, you know, where's the money going? Do you have everything set up correctly? Uh, you know, you might notice an error, even if it's you, it might be me. Well, like, <clears throat> we're all really great at what we do, but people still make mistakes. So, you know, you might set something up to launch at 9 p.m. Then you check the next morning. The numbers aren't exactly what you're thinking. So then you start to, you know, dig into 
however you set up your campaign structure and you're like, ah, I forgot to check off this demographic and this is kind of what I was going for. So it might be little things like that. But yeah, you might be looking day to day. But the other side of that is you also want to launch your campaigns and you want to let you want to give them time to develop, um, to grow and learn with the AI on whatever platform that you're using. Uh, and a big thing that we always say is, uh, you know, whatever's going on this week isn't going to be the same as the next week or the next week after that. So, you know, so. just looking at data from one Monday isn't going to tell you how Mondays perform. Uh, you need to build up a giant data set just to, okay, you know, on Mondays, this type of demographics normally doing this, uh, they are either more likely or less likely to engage, but that's going to take time. So you kind of need to just kind of step back, let the numbers roll in. Uh, and now with all the tracking issues, you don't even know if you're getting conversions right away unless you have a maybe a third party system working, uh, maybe some UTM parameters, um, maybe some custom script, but even that's not like a hundred percent solution. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, you might want to really just get a little granular sometimes, but you don't want to stress over it either. Okay. So I've got lots there, lots of notes already. Uh, you can see me scribbling away. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, by the way, and you're like, what is a UTM? What is uh, a click-through? Well, we're going to get into that a little bit, and we'll explain these terms as we go along. Um, but I thought it was an in it's an interesting comment there, Kenny. You know, you're talking about these sort of different things that you, you need to do. You've got to know the data. Um, You've got to monitor those numbers, but you've also got to give it time to develop and grow you know, your paid media campaigns for the AI to sort of have an effect, I guess. And then you obviously talked about tracking issues, which, you know, unless you've not, you know, been on the web for the last six months, tracking issues, I assume you're talking about like the iOS changes for Facebook. Oh, and yeah. All that sort of stuff that sort of kicked. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I guess... A question I like to ask uh, when we talk about marketing, and obviously you're you're very clear clear on sort of your the Facebook side of things, a paid social. Um, I guess should I? It's a basic question, but should I still be considering Facebook advertising in the advent of iOS changes and the tracking problems that we have at the moment, um, or or should I just be like abandoning it and finding other routes? Uh, I wouldn't say abandoned, but it's still one of those top platforms. People are, you know, maybe more on Instagram now versus Facebook, but people are still using all of those networks. Um, so I wouldn't say abandoned, but maybe diversify. You might want to go for an omnipresence approach. Uh, you know, instead of putting 90% of your budget into Facebook, because, you know, four or five years ago, you could, you know, launch your campaigns and get decent conversion rates, a great return on ad spend. So your money was well spent. It was worth it. Um, now you might want to dabble more in Google for your retargeting for, you know, try and fill in, um, you know, those search queries that, you know, users are going to be entering. Uh, it really depends on your brand, uh, your niche. So in some cases, TikTok might be a great play, might be a great play, but, uh, a lot of these are going to be a big brand awareness play. And what I'm actually seeing is really big right now is, uh, messaging your email, your SMS, getting that hard data. Uh, and being able to communicate with them, uh, you know, provide some value and then get them to convert with something they've already signed up for. So you already got them to make a small yes by signing up for your email or your mm -hmm. SMS. So I'm just providing more value of something that you already asked for. And we can actually hold that data and we can retarget heavily because you gave me your phone number, your name and your email, which are that's really what took the biggest hit with all of these tracking issues. It's your bottom of the funnel audiences, your website visitors, people add to cart. You can't do your abandoned cart sequence through, uh, 
you know, your ad mediums as uh, easily as you used to be able to. So you might only be getting 30% of that audience. And um, what everyone's seeing lately is that's really just not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so has the, the way you do Facebook, uh, I mean, diversify, which is great, but the way you, you talked about Facebook advertising then is it, I get the impression maybe that you've changed the methodology. So before the way you would do it before is probably different to the way you would do it now. Is that, is that Oh right? yeah. You would definitely be going for always going for conversions previously, which we still are for the most part, but maybe the ad creative might reflect something that might be more, um, you know, entertaining or educating. Just uh, the whole idea when you're running those ads is you don't want to interrupt the user's experience on that platform. That's what Facebook wants. That's what users want. And at the end, that's what you as a business will want. Because uh, same idea when you're watching television. When the commercials come on, you're immediately checked out. Uh, Unless uh, what I am noticing, they're using, uh, you know, if there's a big show or a lot of uh, a very popular cast, they're starting to use them in advertisements. So you kind of get tricked for a second. You're like, oh, is this, you know, part of the programming? Uh, You know, 10 seconds in, you realize it's an advertisement, but you're already invested. It's more Mm -hmm. entertainment centric. So same idea with the the news feed, whether it be Facebook or Instagram, or especially on TikTok. You need to you know make TikToks, don't make ads. Yeah. So it's just you know as people are scrolling, you have to remember you got about three seconds to make an impression and get your point across, or they're already going to be swiping right past you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if that's the case, which I get and I I understand, you know, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, you're on TikTok. As a user, I don't particularly want to leave that platform to go and do something else because you've interrupted me. So that people are now making, you know, they're coming up with different concepts, different ideas, aren't they, for me to engage with? You mentioned uh, the, the adverts that um, TikTok type videos. What are some of the what are some of the effective strategies that I can employ as a business user um, that are good ad strategies at the moment? You mentioned entertainment. Maybe dig into that a bit more or dig into one or two others. Yeah, the, uh, one of the big things I'm, we're using and I'm seeing a lot of brands use is more, um, you know, user generated content. And that doesn't mean you have mm-hmm. to go and get micro influencers or big influencers. You don't need to be paying these uh, large price tags. Um, but basically something that feels like your creative should feel more native to the platform. So, uh, you know, again, we're seeing all these memes. We're seeing these, uh, you know, statistics or, you know, something that's re- like if you're in the sports, like a sports cast. Um, little clips like that that'll really grab your attention right away or if it's like product or service uh, centric it might just be uh, the quality might be just from someone's phone going through the website showing you how it works Um, unless I don't know maybe less of a corporate clean approach less Disney as we were talking about less manicured uh, and more just like hey I'm just an average person and this is how I'm using it uh, and, yeah. and you might also use little snippets of whatever trend might be going around. Um, so, I mean, I think TikTok browsing around on there is a really, you know, good uh, resource just to kind of see what everyone's doing, what everyone's accustomed mm-hmm. to. Because if you hop on those trends really quickly, then people are like, OK, what's your version of this trend? What's your version? Uh, you know, 10 seconds into it, you're like, oh, your version of it is an advertisement and you already got them. So uh, mm-hmm. it's just another touch point. It's a level of brand awareness and you provided a little entertainment. So, uh, you know, you got your name out there and that's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah, that's really that's really useful. You mentioned user generated content, which we've talked about a fair bit recently on the show. Um, and you, but you mentioned that you don't have to go to the extent of um, or the expense of micro influencers. So how would you get that user generated content? 
Uh, well, you can always outsource it to an agency like us. Um, you could always just make it yourself, order the product yourself, um, you know, give it your best shot. Obviously, some of these creators do a really good job. They, uh, they have like the right octave, the right uh, pacing. They really understand how to, you know, make these viral videos, if you will. Um, but at the same time, uh, we've used some where, you know, I might just send some to uh, one of our account managers and she'll just record stuff how she sees fit. So sometimes just made it, letting it be a little bit more natural and organic actually might work out in your favor versus, uh, you know, I need a whole studio production here. We got to time everything right. Yeah, I've noticed that. Eh? I've noticed um, a lot of the ads I'm seeing now are, I call them the selfie ads. Do you know what I mean? They're, or low production. It's like, I've got my phone. I'm going to hold my phone out here. Or do you know what I mean? Something, mm -hmm. it's not polished. It's not slick. I've not got a big studio. I've not got perfect lighting. And actually, um, I'm noticing them more and more. And it seems to be that the conversion of those is more and more effective. Mm -hmm. And is it because then that they're tying into that sort of social media feed? You, 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 you don't feel like you're being interrupted as much. Exactly. It's sort of consistent with where you're viewing the message. Uh, which actually makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Actually, if I'm on Facebook or if I'm on Instagram, create content that feels like I'm on Instagram and people will engage with it. Um, why, why have we, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Why has it taken us so long to figure that out? Well, it sounds remarkably intuitive to me, but it, it, it seems like, a, I don't know, as a brand over the years, I guess we've tried to do bigger, better and all that sort of stuff. And we've missed this simple principle. Why, why any insight as to why we would do that? I think it might have something to just do with everyone wanting to be famous on social media <laughs> and these trends <laughs> building. So you kind of get, I mean, we're going, we're based off of, uh, you know, the masses of what's going on on these platforms, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we're just seeing more and more people put in their best version and that creates more competition. What I've noticed, some of these creators are putting out really funny or educating content where, you know, they can compete with the big dogs. Uh, you know, mm. some people might choose to spend their hour of free time scrolling on some of these social media platforms versus uh, whatever new D-list uh, shows coming out on Netflix these yeah, days. Yeah. It's just like, eh, no, these, these guys are doing a great job here, so I'll just stick yeah. to that. That's a really interesting point because I think um, I noticed myself, actually, every now and again, I, don't get me wrong, it's not every day, but every now and again, if I'm having like a lazy Saturday morning, I can lose an hour on TikTok and not even realize that I've lost an hour on TikTok. Oh, yeah. And I'm, and it, and I'm, I'm just drawn into that whole platform or even Instagram, you know. And it's, it's, it's fascinating how even me, you know, someone who's been around a little while, is starting to use these platforms as a source of entertainment now rather than you know, like mm -hmm. you say, going to the big sort of po polished place. I remember, Kenny, I, maybe it's different <laughs> for you. When I grew up, there were three channels on TV. I'm showing my age now. The three channels, you actually physically had to get up and press a button if you wanted to change. The, you had to walk across the room to change the channel. Uh, and now with, so, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just wrong on so many levels. I it's, it's, it's almost, you know, how, how dare it. Um, but now with so much choice coming in, it still seems to me that emerging out of it are still one or two platforms that are doing really well, mm -hmm. like TikTok, like Instagram. And we, we are now using these channels where entertainment is a matter of seconds rather than a matter of hours. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think each platform kind of serves its purpose. And I think everybody, you know, they have their own purpose for using it, right? Like Facebook, mm. I personally use it for, you know, the groups, the community, staying in touch with family. 
uh, I'm not really out there to, you know, scroll through the feed and read everyone's political opinion. So I tried to clean that list. Uh, and then on, and on Instagram, I'm, you know, looking at memes, I'm looking at, you know, the, you know, sports people that I might follow a uh, little bit more of an entertainment value and then any close friends of any type of sharing. Uh, you know, please don't overshare. We don't need that many photo collages, but. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Then, uh, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. And then another piece of all of it, like I'm seeing that all of these platforms are kind of forming their own micro communities or, you know, mm-hmm. sub communities kind of, I mean, almost like a Reddit, but a little bit more flashy. Um, mm-hmm. But especially you go on Instagram or TikTok, you could go, you could just search garden. You're going to find millions of videos about gardening, tips on taking care of your plants, uh, cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hardware, automobiles, almost anything. So there's all these sub communities inside of these platforms where people can engage. Uh, and then that's where the algorithm comes into play to really cater it to uh, interests that are going to peak to that individual user. Yeah, no, very much so. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, don't go anywhere. Kenny and I will be right back to carry on our conversation about all of this, how to do this marketing thing effectively on social media, right after we've heard from this week's show sponsors. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Did you know that nutrition is one of the keys to maintaining the energy you need to drive your business forward? Vegetology creates incredible unique supplements in an eco-friendly, ethical and sustainable way that feed your body with the precise nutrients it needs. We're not just making you healthier, we're helping to protect our planet too. Our products are vegan friendly and approved by the Vegan and Vegetarian Society. Plus, they're gluten free so they fit perfectly into any lifestyle. They also contain no artificial colors or flavors, making them good for your taste buds too. You can feel good about your food choices with our healthy, natural supplements. We have something for everyone, whether you want to boost your immune system or just get more energy every day. And we're always working on new ingredients so that we can provide even better products in the future. So what are you waiting for? Get started now by heading over to vegetology.com. So, Kenny, before the show sponsors, we were talking about the type of content and making sure that the content that we use uh, in our paid media is relevant for the platform that we're marketing on. Um, if it's a case of um, uh, before, you know, the changes and a year or two ago, we would, um, we would, I guess, promote a product, right? So we would just go, this is a product, it's 30 bucks, buy it, click here. Mm-hmm. Do we still do that kind of advertising or is it a case of actually we're changing our ads slightly and so the purpose of our ads or the, the mechanism is slightly different now? 
I definitely think there's more competition and you need to maybe not to be rude, just apply a little bit more thought in your process as you're creating your campaigns. Um, so you have a product or I don't think that's rude. I think that's sensible. Yeah, yeah, it's just that they should always be like that. But yeah, you're right. About six years ago, you could just be like, Hey, I got this, you know, protein powder. You want to try it? And for whatever reason, Mm. people were just buying everything off of, uh, you know, Facebook ads. Um, but yeah, now when you kind of figure out your product, your service, whatever you're trying to, you know, put your name out there for, um, you know, try and really narrow in on, you know, what is the problem uh, and what solution does your product or your, your service provide? And then you want to try, you know, different angles, um, whether it be fun, whether it be, uh, I don't always love fear mongering, but you might want to, you know, you don't want to miss out on this or, you know, um, you might want to play like a health angle. Uh, just really, you want to test all those different reasons why somebody is going to buy your product. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to keep it simple, but in some cases you might have an apparel brand. Uh, like we're working with this one apparel brand. Uh, he's a big fitness influencer. Uh, there's not a huge angle there. Do you like wearing t-shirts? We're not going to use that in our headline. Uh, <laughs> it's just more like, hey, this is a, this guy's brand. Uh, this is a, you know, a fitness company. Mm. Uh, you can pick Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, all that. Or you could support this other smaller influencer who's very heavily involved in this fitness community. Uh, and then that has slowly built over time. So that's something where we use Facebook, Instagram, Google. Um, probably going to start TikTok this year. Uh, we're just mm. kind of moving budgets around and kind of getting the back end situated. Uh, and we've pretty much have gone from spending, you know, two to $300 a day to now $2,000 to $3,000 a day, but we still have a six times return on ad spend, if not more. Uh, we grew wow. that email list from 25, 30,000 to about 120,000. So mm-hmm. every time we send an email or an SMS, uh, we're easily seeing like a $200,000 day. Uh, and that one, That's we nice just keep it very simple. There's not too many crazy tactics. Um, mm-hmm. There's just maybe a few things on the back end, kind of building that list. Uh, product testing, and then coming out with recurring products, especially like apparel. Uh, don't rely on selling that same t-shirt over and over and over. You have to have fresh stuff. That's uh, mm-hmm. even comes back to when I used to work in the mall in retail. We would get boxes of new clothes every week. There'd be something new for people to buy. You know, if so, mm-hmm. and then when units aren't moving, you move them over to the clearance. Uh, you're going to, you know, more than break even just because those margins are great. Um, sure. But it's being really dialed into those numbers, seeing what's moving, you know, continuing to test. Uh, and that's how we kind of got them from doing a hundred, $200,000 months. And now we're easily doing 1.5 million in gross revenue every month. Which is incredible, right? I mean, he must be stoked. I and mean, it's great for him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah well, it's not a bad problem to have. Is yeah. it? I guess the, um, so when it comes to then the campaigns that you're doing uh, and you're working on those campaigns and the audiences that you're targeting. So I get that if somebody has purchased from me before, I can show them in an ad, maybe through remarketing, the latest, newest T-shirt, right? And as my audience grows, I can text them, I can, you know, SMS them, I can send them messages, I can send them emails, I can use retargeting ads to sort of show them new stuff and get them engaged that way. What do you do, though, um, if you're just starting out, right, And and you've not got 20, 30,000 on your email list, just sort of starting from scratch. What sort of audiences and ad strategies should I be thinking about, which helps me build up to where I need to be? 
yeah, if you're just starting out, maybe you have a smaller budget. Obviously, like I said before, you want to try and go omnipresence route. If you can get on all platforms, that's great. Um, it's not going to work out for everybody, and that's okay. Because even just Facebook alone, uh, it's still a great place just to start building your audience, start getting brand awareness. There's still a ton of users on there. So it's still a great platform to test all of your angles and just kind of see what's going to get you bites on there. Um, and then for content, you might not be going straight for the purchase. Uh, maybe you provide more value or educational content at first. You know, you get a couple blogs put together. Uh, and if you don't want to write them, honestly, you can find a freelancer to do it for like five or 10 bucks. They can, you know, mm -hmm. you can throw a few things at them. They'll rewrite it. You just have to structure it out on a page. Uh, if you're not a big developer, you can use something like uh, ClickFunnels or Zipify. And those are really easy page builders. So yeah, first you want to build the audience. You want to provide value. You want to start building those lists up. So uh, you know, really strong front offer. You might be offering discounts at first. Just keep in mind, you're going to eventually start pulling back on those. You don't want to train people yeah. to get discounts. So your first campaigns might be like, here's five reasons why you might want to go on the keto diet. Uh, we've done a few things for that for a couple of keto snack brands. Uh, usually always gets a really great click through rate. So now you're already audience building. You're getting your name out there. Um, we might be doing something um uh, you know, a little more educational, like this is what's in um, your normal snack foods every day if you're used to eating chips or snack cakes. Uh, and here's what this product has, almost no sugar. Uh, and this is why sugar is bad for you. So basically kind of holding their hand through the journey, uh, teaching them a little bit about something and hey, I actually have a product that's going to solve that problem for you that you didn't even know you had. Mm. So the educational content, so the, you know, five steps to why keto is the best diet on the planet or whatever it is. Um, I'm not saying that keto is the best diet on yeah, the planet, yeah. by the way. I'm just, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, this might be the content that you put out there. So I'm creating an ad with that, you know, five steps to everything you need to know about the keto. The keto. That ad's purpose and the, re the whole, I define success on that ad by how many people it sends through to my website, right? So I'm starting to build that. Right. Yeah, you might not be looking at conversions for that particular campaign. So just know what your efforts are and what you're going for for your objectives. So that one, uh, in this case, like an educational uh, audience builder type campaign, uh, you're kind of looking for more type of uh, really great engagement metrics. Basically, you know, how many link clicks, uh, your CPMs, which is pretty much how how much did it cost or make? Sorry, when you say CPM, just explain what. So CPM yeah, is. CPMs are pretty much the rate at to re your ad to reach a thousand impressions. So uh, impressions, you can make multiple impressions on people. You can only reach people once. So mm -hmm. you know, impressions might have a higher frequency. So you might hit the same person a few times. So that's just kind of like a general uh, you know metric they follow. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, that's a good traffic indicator. So say your CPM is over a hundred dollars that's going to be really expensive to reach all of those people. So either your targeting's off, your creative's off, or maybe Facebook just hates your ad account and your landing pages. So all, all little levers that you have to kind of go down the list and try and uh, edit. Um, yeah. But yeah, other than that, your click-through rate, so how many impressions you get and how many people actually click on your link, that's going to be huge. You want those to be you know, way above average because you're not going for conversions. You're not going for you know straight to shopping. Uh, it should be an easy click, honestly. It's a blog. It's mm -hmm. what people are. I'm, you're, I'm on there to be entertained. I'm providing entertainment. Uh, so if you're getting a really low click-through rate, it's pretty easy to say, all right, this isn't what people want to read. So easy test. Yeah. You know, it's done after that. Um, and then, you yeah. know, your CPC, your cost per click. How much are you paying? It's a good indicator if your targeting and your creative are on or if they're off.
So you've you've drawn people into the website with some educational content. You understand clearly what the objective of that ad, ad is. And what are some of the things that people should also think about? Because a lot of people will just leave it there. But are there things that we should then think about on the website? Um, I mean, the obvious thing to me, Kenny, is I really want that person to give me their email address, right? So what are some of the things that I should be thinking about, some of the strategies that I should be thinking about on site if I'm using paid media to promote educational content? Uh, yeah, no, that's huge, especially you're already spending money to get people on your website. So you want to give your best first impression, especially since cold traffic is huge right now compared to retargeting. So, I mean, before we even get to the pop up, you want to make sure that your website is actually well manicured and it's up to standards because we're everyone's used to shopping on huge websites like Amazon. So your shopping yeah. experience already has like a standard, whether you realize it or not. So if you were to go to another website and you get to their checkout and it just doesn't feel right, you're usually, sometimes you're going to back out and you're just like, I don't want anyone to steal my information or my credit card or anything like that. So it's important to have, you know, every fine detail on your website. You like, you don't want Laura Metzum text anywhere on your website and it feel incomplete. I still see it today. I used, I it, it happens. I think it's happened to me too, but you know, <laughs> practice what you preach. But uh, yeah. Uh, but it's still, it's like an indicator where people can pick up on that because, you know, we're, people are conditioned now. People have been online for a long time, so they know what to expect. So you can't like, mm -hmm. you can't get one over on them as easy as you mm -hmm. used to. Um, so first of all, that user experience, yeah, you want to make sure it's well put together. Your brand is right out there in front, you know, a, a great shopping experience basically. Um, but yeah, for the pop-up, uh, basically you want to, you don't want to be too pushy. I would say, don't ask for too much information right away. You're good with either, you know, just get the email. That's fine. Maybe ask for a first name. Uh, if you're not going for email, maybe go for the SMS or your the phone number. Um, and then it doesn't always have to be a discount. You could always do like a PDF, like a free workout guide, a free health guide. Um, really, uh, I mean, a free guide, almost anything. I don't know. I'm going to say the only thing it does, almost doesn't apply to is apparel unless you're into a, a certain niche. But uh, mm -hmm. basically, you can provide free content. Other than that, you know, you offer 10, 15, 20% off, whatever makes sense that mm -hmm. doesn't hurt your margin. Uh, I would mm -hmm. say if you're going the percentage route, you definitely want to make sure that you're, you have like a recurring order type product or service. Because if it's just one and done and you're just offering a discount, uh, then you're just giving someone a discount and they're going to be gone. So if you're doing like supplements yeah. or apparel, uh, you basically, you want them to get past that threshold and make a conversion with you, build up that trust and loyalty. Uh, so you might, the margins might be a little tighter on the front end, that first purchase, but over time, as they are worked into your email and your ecosystem and they keep getting hit with your ads, they're going to keep spending money. They won't always have discount codes. So then that lifetime value of the customer continues to grow. So kind of similar to what I was saying with the, um, the fitness apparel brand, uh, over time, those lists grew. So now every time that we you know, have a new drop or something new is happening and we can promote it to them, uh, we see a huge turnout, great conversions, huge gross revenue day every time. Mm. That's really interesting. The, um, <clears throat> I've seen the, the, the content strategy work very well. And this is true for e-commerce businesses as well, especially if you're selling um, high-end or repeatable products that maybe other people haven't tried, like a keto snack bar, for example. Educating people around keto is probably not a bad idea or five things you wish you knew about keto. They go to your website. There's a pop-up which says, listen, you know, download our free guide to everything keto and get 10% off your, 
you know, first mm-hmm. order or whatever it is. And then that's a great way to sort of send cold traffic to build your email list. And then you onboard them with um, emails and, you know, sequences and all that sort of stuff. And you, you play a bit of a long game, but it can work quite well um, for e-commerce businesses. Is there still um, a, a place to try just here's my product, buy it now? I was just about to say, uh, you know, know what you're selling, know how people are going to be shopping for it, because you don't always need to play an angle. You don't need to provide blogs because, uh, you know, people aren't that dumb. (laughs) So you can honestly, at a certain point, um, especially with apparel, I've realized just like a shopping experience or a carousel of, you know, all of the new clothes that are, you know, maybe relevant to the season or a new drop or maybe bestsellers. Uh, just straight to the point. Sometimes people like that. Just, you know, don't try yeah. and get me with a fancy photo shoot. Uh, you know, I, you know, you're not Gucci or anything, so we don't care who's in it. Uh, just show me, you know, the new styles that you've come out. Show me all the new colors. Uh, and if I like what I see, I'll click and I'll shop. So uh, sometimes you just got to put it right in front of their face, make it easy. Uh, again, it's just kind of simplifying the whole experience. Uh, it's not that people yeah. don't want to see ads. It's just, you know, if they... They want to see something that they're interested in and they don't want to have to jump through all these hoops. So if you're just doing like a carousel with a, you know, a few of your best sellers from your, you know, your inventory, sometimes that works best just because it's straight to the point. Um, you know, one company we're working with is, you know, car detailing products. Uh, people know what, you know, car wash products are. We don't need to try and sell it that hard. Uh, maybe provide, maybe why we're better than the competitor. But, hey, this is what it is. If you want to come check it out and you have interest in that, you'll come check it out and shop just because, yeah, you're the new kid on the block. I kind of want to see what you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, the bottom line then is test, right? But throw a few things out there and see what happens and, and test all of them. And actually, again, my experience here for, my, for what it's worth with my own e-commerce website is you want to do all of these. Yeah. You don't just want to pick one and you want to test them. And, and sometimes one works well. And then, so, do you know what I mean? And, and like you say, it ebbs and flows, isn't it? And things right. change. And, and then you don't progress. even realize one helps out the other. Um, you know, mm-hmm. for example, you know, you were on Facebook, Instagram, Google, and TikTok. Uh, you know, Facebook and Instagram, you know, great brand awareness, great audience building. Uh, TikTok, not as many conversions as the rest, but still really good clicks, great uh, brand awareness, great views. Uh, and then on Google, you might have very strong retargeting because it's still the most used platform and that's what people are searching. Um, you know, the biggest you know, uh, flow for a user is, you know, I see it on social media and then you go and Google it. I want to learn more about this product because now I'm interested in mm. what are the mm. other options out there? What are the other brands? So, you know, having your SEO dialed in or having, um, you know, your retargeting search branded campaigns dialed in are going to be huge because you still, you want to stay relevant. It counts as another touch point. You know, I see your uh, video on TikTok or users using your product. That's a touch point. Now I get hit with an ad providing a little bit more content on Facebook, another touch point. Now I go and Google it, and now you're right there at the top of the search results. Now you already have three touch points. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is where you have to think of, of your ch- of your marketing activity in multiple channels, don't you, sort of in, in terms of your outreach? Yeah, because you could turn you mentioned... one off and then the other fails. <laughs> so that's the one thing yeah. where you're like, well, Google's great. We'll just keep Google on. But then it starts to decline. But the only reason Google is doing well because you were getting a, a ton of reactions and engagement on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You mentioned a couple of times about how um, I can remarket or, re- or in effect, um, show you the same ad more than 
once. And this, I think, is is, is an interesting thing which has come out more recently that um, or people talk about more re- recently is I, I don't know if you've got any specific benchmarks which you follow. Like if I'm selling, um, I have sunglasses on my desk. I don't know why I have sunglasses on my desk because <laughs> it's definitely not the summer. Um, but if I'm selling sunglasses, um, how many times should I be showing you my ad before I go, actually, Ken is really not interested? Because it, it's not just once, right? Oh, yeah. No. So let's say you have a, you know, a decent, um, you know, CPC, you're not paying too much for clicks, your CPM, your your cost to reach thousands of people is pretty low. Um, so basically, all of your engagement in platform metrics look pretty good, but no one is biting. Um, so at that point, we might even take a step back, we might look at how much we have spent. Um, so then you might try and see it might be a creative issue, it might be a targeting issue. But generally, once we spend about three to five times the price of that product, um, we pretty much say that test is done, uh, especially if there's no results. We're just like, we gave it a fair shot. It ran through, you know, the system, hit enough people. Uh, we didn't even get any add to cards or conversions. Then, you know, your targeting's off. You might need to try some new uh, creative. Uh, if you feel strong about the creative and you don't think that's the problem, just because, for example, this one, sunglasses, those are pretty straightforward. We know what they are. We know what they do. So you don't really need to play too many angles there. So then it's like, we might just be reaching the wrong people. Um, mm-hmm. It's just uh, you want to go from each level from, you know, your creative to targeting to maybe even your budget and system. So it, it might be a time of the year thing. There's some people who run e-com stores only during, um, you know, uh, the Christmas season just because, you know, people are buying all types of random things just to fill up stockings and for presents or get, you know, random gifts, uh, which they normally wouldn't perform well throughout the rest of the year. So there's no point in running them. One of the um, one of the interesting things that I I think I've picked up over the years is the um, is you take something like Black Friday, which is obviously a big sort of sales period uh, for most online businesses, right? It's like okay, well, everyone knows what Black Friday is, and everyone's in a buying mood at sort of this point, right? Um, and I see a lot of businesses just sort of coming out and going, right? Well, it's Black Friday. I'm now going to start running some paid ads, but it seems to me that that whilst it makes sense to try and promote at that point in time, um, it makes sense to maybe start that process a whole lot sooner because you've got to build your cold audiences. You've got to know, you know, what's working, what's not working. And Black Friday is insanely competitive for ads. So you want mm-hmm. to sort of work all this stuff out ahead of time. Um, is that is that a fair strategy? I mean, you, I'm just thinking the reason I'm asking is you mentioned the store that maybe just sells around Christmas. I'm just thinking, would they just run ads at Christmas or would they run ads at different parts of the year to try and get their Christmas ads to work? No, that's better? a good question. And it comes up every year with uh, almost every brand because people are maybe a little um, little shy to spend, but pretty much like you're saying, um, no, it's not going to be a good strategy if you just go and run ads during like a holiday or a peak season, because that's what mm-hmm. a lot of brands are doing. Uh, and they already have their whole, most of the time they have their whole system and backend dialed in. Uh, so pretty much your CPCs, it, basically the cost to reach all your, your traffic during these peak sales and seasons, it's just going to go up naturally because there's more competition and there's only so many users, there's only so many placements they can do. So like you were just saying, you want to start way ahead of time. Um, so honestly, we didn't even spend as much with most of our brands this past Christmas just because we saw the cost keep rising, the tracking issues. Uh, so what it really came back down to was email and SMS because we own that data. We already have a relationship mm-hmm. with them. 
Um, and then you also got to think like people are out doing stuff for the holidays. Uh, maybe it's a little different now with, uh, you know, the lockdowns and everyone's sick, mm. but it's always a little different. So instead of just trying to hope they stop on your feed and interrupt their entertainment scrolling, um, we're going right into their inboxes or right into their uh, text messages. So we have like a direct line to them like, hey, you already signed up for this. We have something that you want. It's on sale. So those performed really well. But yeah, you want to be building throughout the whole year. Some people might be breaking even every month, and then you're going to make all of your net profit there in Q4, just depending on what you sell and what if you have your backend dialed in and what products you're offering. Um, so it all kind of works together. So it's not like you can focus just on one piece and or just rely on one channel or one product. So, uh, you know, you want to kind of diversify. You want to kind of offer a variety. Um, a lot of it is funny because it comes back to the retail days. It's just kind of like, mm-hmm. what else can you sell to them? How can you get your AOV up? How can you build a good experience? You know, how do you keep them coming back? Because uh, most times you don't want to rely on just that first front end purchase. Uh, lifetime yeah. value is going to be huge for most brands who are going to make it. Like, um, I know you brought it up before, but we have a few brands we've been working with for, I think, four years now. Uh, and uh, you don't know most agency models are around three to six months and usually the brand drops off maybe they go to another agency uh, usually people start bringing all the jobs in internally so i'm really happy with my team and our brands that we've had our the you know our clients for about three or four years and they're happy with everything and they're seeing significant growth to where you know we don't need to hire a bigger better you know whatever might be perceived as a different agency uh, and we don't mm. need to hire internally because we have everything dialed in mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I'm i intrigued, actually, where this whole thing's going to go with, um, you know, with the paid media in terms of uh, audience building and conversion and all that sort of stuff, because the landscape seems to change on a fairly consistent basis. It's the only thing that I can be sure of is that I can't be sure of anything. And so, you know, it's going to change, it's going to develop, it's going to sort of um it's going to grow. Where are some of the sources that you go to to sort of stay on top of things? You know, some of the learnings, you know, are there sites that you look at? Are there blog feeds? Are there YouTube channels? I don't know. Where, where, do, you, where do you go to stay on top of all the stuff that's happening? Yeah, it's tough. Besides the e-commerce podcast. Obviously. Of course, of course. Every, uh, every morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, besides that. Well, well, first to the first part you were just saying, how are, you know, where's it going to go? I think the biggest thing people need to realize is, you know, focus on the brand and building it, you know, as your own community and focus on, you know, delivering a great experience mm. with so many options being out there. And some, there's just so much competition. Uh, you need to, you know, have your customer service dialed in, have the product dialed in. Uh, ads are going to be a part of it, but if you want to go for the long run and not just run some ads and drop ship a few products to try and make a couple bucks, uh, you know, focus on the brand and building out your business. Uh, the back end is going to be huge. Um, but for where I kind of stay up with trends, um, it's kind of odd because I've used the platforms to stay up with everything. You know, I follow some of the right people. I'm, I'm part of a, a few groups where I kind of everyone's sharing and exchanging their ideas or what's new. Um, I work with several different agencies where, you know, we help each other out and kind of mm-hmm. talk about what we're noticing. Um, I love all the conferences. I love watching all the videos. Uh, YouTube is a great resource, no matter for whatever you're trying to learn, if you find the right channels, so like Affiliate World Conference. I love all those case studies. Um, and then just kind of getting experimental on your own. Um, 
if you can, if you have the opportunity to be spending money for these clients and, you know, testing for these brands, uh, it's an opportunity to get granular, get into the data and learn for yourself. Because mm-hmm. a lot of uh, these big other, you know, big media buyers or people in the digital marketing space, uh, they're doing the same thing and probably figuring out the same, uh, you know, techniques and strategies. So by the time you see even hear about their case study from like a year ago, it's not even relevant. Most of those old strategies won't work anymore in the new, um, you know, ecosystem inside of Facebook, mm-hmm. especially with all the tracking issues. Uh, you know, you can't tier everyone as easily from cold to middle to the bottom of the funnel uh, like you could before. So it's more mm-hmm. uh, clicks and bu- uh, when I tell my staff, I'm like, if I know we have a little bit of budget to work with, uh, you know, I'm telling them to click buttons, click around, change some settings, see what happens. Just uh, I think being experimental and curious is going to help you a lot more. Mm. Yeah. Just watching the results, right? Measuring um, them. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what gets measured gets managed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I guess, I guess one of my, you've mentioned this before a, a couple of times, and I just want to clarify what you mean with your terminology. Make sure your back end is dialed in. I mean, what, what do you mean when you say make sure your back end is dialed in? Oh, yeah. Everything from on your website to, you know, how do you have your categories for your products? Um, what products are you coming out with? And, you know, from when you first start to maybe a few years later, the quality might change. So, you know, is that being uh, illustrated on the page or, you know, demonstrated? Uh, in some cases, are your blogs up to date? Are they showcasing? Are they providing more value to uh, basically keep users on your website longer? Um, is it easy just to find something as, uh, you know, contact us, return, refund policy, your terms and conditions, um, what's your backstory? Um, mm-hmm. So everything going on behind the scenes, it doesn't, you know, it might just be set and forget for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, your your automations from your abandoned cart sequence to your follow-up to, um, you know, trying to engage with your unengaged audiences in there. Um, I mean, everything from the whole user experience. So when you get on that website, all of those little menu buttons that we see that are, you know, very polished. Uh, and if you're not sure, go to Nike's website, go to Adidas, you know, go to these huge brands that, you know, spend millions of dollars on it and just kind of, you know, you can, you can hack some of their ideas. It's like, this is a great idea. I like that. All right. This is a good idea for the section. Uh, obviously not word for word. But uh, you can take little pieces of it and just kind of how they establish themselves. And it kind of builds like a subconscious trust as you're on their websites and you're kind of uh, browsing or shopping as a user. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Very good point. Well, listen, Kenny, thank you so much for being with us on the show. It's been a great conversation. Um, I have, again, lots of notes, lots of things to think about. And I think my one of my big takeaways today is actually what you were just talking about at the end there. Make sure everything's joined up. Because it's not just a case of now you can run an ad, put a PDF download on there and, you know, make a gazillion bucks. You've got to make sure all of these touch points are now connected up, don't you? And, and they're all working harmoniously together. Oh, it's a bit more complicated, but it's definitely doable. Right. Would be my would be my well thing. put. So, and keep yeah. it simple. You don't have to go crazy. Um, you know, one of those mm. Facebook sayings out at their office is just, you know, done is better than perfect. But, you know, get something done. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Very agile thinking. Get something done. Um, Kenny, listen, how do people connect with you? How do they reach you if they want to connect uh, with either you or the agency with what you're going on there? Yeah, What's so the anybody wants to, to um, connect, uh, if anybody, you know, needs a little bit of help or some guidance, you can go to uh, greatmedia.com and that is G-R-A-Y-T media.com. Uh, again, I'm learning. I, you know, it's kind of like the color with a T, but yeah. Uh, there's a big red button on there. You can schedule a call with me. Uh, I can either help out or you can just chat. I'd love to hear anyone's ideas too. And the other problem you've got, of course, is a large portion of our audience is British. And and, and obviously, if you're English, you still reach out to Kenny. I'm sure he'd love to talk to you. But we spell grey differently in the UK. Of course. Uh, yeah, I know. You know what? We talked why about would that we not, before. Right? <laughs> you know, so bad <laughs> reference. So American yeah. color grey. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, or if you're explaining old enough, already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just G-R-A-T-Y. Yeah. Listen, uh, we will put, obviously, all the links to Kenny, to Kenny's agency, regardless of how you spell it. Uh, we will put all the links to Kenny and Kenny's agency in the show notes. We'll have the transcript and all that sort of stuff there. So uh, do head on over to there and uh, check it out. So, Kenny, thank you so much for being on the show. Really great to have this conversation. Uh, I hope the weather picks up for you uh, in Orlando that it's not... <laughs> you know, cold too much longer. Oh, um, I'm, but, sure, yeah, I'm sure it's going to pick up fine. It's Florida. We got maybe two or three weeks of this and uh, we'll be in the pool in no time. <laughs> yeah, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, but thanks for having awesome. me. This was fun. Great speaking with you. Brilliant. Thanks, Kenny. Well, a huge big thanks to my very special guest, Kenny. What did you think to that episode? Wasn't it just jam-packed full of good stuff? And of course, if you're listening to this in the car and you kind of think, I need a way to be able to get access to those notes, Matt. Have you got a way? Funnily enough... I have. Uh, you can get them for free uh, at our website, ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 90 to be able to access all of the notes, the links and the transcript from today's show for free. No email required. Just head on over there and download them and review them at your own pace because there's a lot of good stuff in there and you're going to want to get those notes. And of course, as I now say at the end of every podcast, if that's not enough for you, we have another fantabulous guest next week. Oh, yes, the legendary A.J. Davis, uh, who is coming on to talk about the case for conversion rate optimization. Yeah, I think if you look at customer ex expectations are changing over time, their experiences intersecting with other parts of their lives or other stores are changing over time. And so if you are not experimenting, if you're not trying new things, you will be stale, mm. you will become flat. And so if you want to be growing and if you want to stay up on the, not just the latest and greatest, but the things that actually make it easier for customers, then you've got to be experimenting because it's not static. It's not one and done. It's not check. I did CRO. CRO is the decision to iteratively approach how your customers experience mm. your site. And so if you're not taking multiple swings at the bat, if you're not stepping up and trying new things consistently with an intent to learn about your customer so you can apply it elsewhere, like that you just will not succeed as a business in the long mm. run. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips and tools for building your business online.